Welcome. You are listening to a sermon preached at Church at the Armory. If you like what you hear, share it. God bless you. Um, I'm not starting a sermon series, but I am going to start a conversation that's going to take longer than today. Okay? And the conversation has to do with life, the world as we know it now, and just everything that's going on. And I think this conversation is well, I think this this sermon is well-timed with everything that's been going on, not just over this last weekend, but over the last few weeks in our city. Um, things have been going on for a long time. The world is different now. Somebody say amen. amen. And so the point of me bringing this conversation up is to introduce some language that I'm going to be using more in the future that you wouldn't know what I'm talking about when I talk about it. I have an entire sermon with lots of scriptures uh, written out today, but this is kind of an introduction to just a new thought that I want to bring up. It's not really a new thought. It's a new thought for me to share. Um, and so I want to bring this thought up. I want us to begin to, to think in these terms. And um, I want us to begin to, to kind of understand what it is that God has us here to do. I'm a big picture guy. You know, um, I, I, I'm not the one who can walk in to a room and just point out the minor details. I see the big picture, okay? That's why I need help. I need detailed people in my life because I need help, right? Okay, I'm not the detailed guy at all. It's like, if it works, great. But some of you are like, it needs to work and do this, 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 and this, and this. I'm like, well, then make it work and do this, this, and this. I'm just happy it works, amen? All right, so I'm a big picture guy. You need me to be a big picture guy, and I need you to be detail-oriented. And we need to work together and see the kingdom of God, amen? All right, I'm going to give you some big picture type stuff, conversation here. Um, so let's pray. Holy Spirit, we love you. We are grateful to be your church, your body. We are grateful and honored to to be able to co-labor with Christ. Who are we? Like, what is man that you were mindful of him? What is man that you would give him any say whatsoever? So we are honored to be a part of your plan. We're honored to be a part of your kingdom. We are grateful and thankful that when we pray, prayers are answered. Somebody say amen. We're grateful that whenever you set your heart to do something, that we can trust that you're going to see it through. We love you. We need your help. Let's try that again. We need your help. We live in days that are beyond our ability to grab a hold of rationally. And when we don't know what to do, we need a captain. We need someone that we know we can trust to pilot this ship through this storm. And oh, what a good captain you are. Oh, what a wonderful captain of this ship, the church that you are. And God, we we ride willingly upon your boat and serve. And we trust you as our captain to get us through the storms and get us to our destination. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
<clears throat> I was reading a book, been reading a book, and it and it introduced this concept of it's a, it's a book written by a psychologist, and it introduces this concept of how a society or um, a structure begins to deteriorate. And I'm going to write down a word here. I'm going to write down two words here. One of them, this is how a society works. When there's order, right? Can y'all see that? If you can't see it, just trust me. I wrote down the word order, okay? When there's order, this is why we have things like laws. Laws aren't meant to be killjoys. (laughs) laws are meant to produce order in a society to give it some framework and some structure that if these laws didn't exist, it would be, quote, the wild, wild. You see what I'm saying? So we need order. These laws are not just made by man. As a matter of fact, laws were made by God. They were written into creation. These laws written into creation that govern the way we as mankind live. Right? And so when you have simple stuff like thou shalt not steal. Right? It's not meant, it's not meant to like give you a bad day because you want to go around stealing everything. It's meant to just keep some order within humanity that you just don't take what you want. And when something or someone comes in Uh, Thou shalt not kill, right? Thou shalt not lie, right? The truth just establishes order. And when there's lies, it corrupts or breaks down the order. And so the opposite of order is what? Pretty sure I'm going to spell this right. Oh, that's a W. Quas. K A. Chaos. So, on one side of the spectrum, you have chaos. One side of the spectrum, you have order. Chaos is meant to disrupt order, it's meant to deteriorate the fabric of the order that holds the world together in in society and human relations. That makes sense? It doesn't have to be like established rules by man or established rules by God. It's just kind of like common sense is another version of order. (laughs) Okay? And when, when order begins to deteriorate, It's a sign that chaos is present. And when chaos is present, what you hope for is that someone could put things back in order. You're with me. And this, this, um, this analogy works throughout the history of humankind. That God established, he created a planet, and he puts everything in order, right? The, and if you remember, like, the moon to govern the, 
the day to govern the, you see what I'm saying? Like, because this idea of like, there's this order, there is this creation, there is these fundamental principles that when these things are, and I'm not even talking about strictly, just at least apply to everybody and we just kind of walk in the order, then humanity can walk in order together and we can move forward into the future. I mean, so the first thing we have is a lie from Satan to come and disrupt the order that God had created. And when he came, it produced chaos for the first time. And that chaos brought a curse. And we've been living in the tension. We've been living in the tension from that point to this between chaos and order. Does that make sense? And again, I'm not talking about necessarily... Somebody tells you the rules, and you better follow the rules. And if you don't follow the rules, I'm talking about just um, that's part of it. But the, but the whole, the bigger picture of order is just biology sometimes. Um, just fundamental building blocks of the way life is. Stuff you don't teach people, they actually have to be taught the chaos because the order is instinctive. You understand what I'm saying? Um, so we could sit here and we're going to a little bit, we're going to a little bit just talk about our world and its chaos because for just a second, it's good to, to talk about the disease so that we would be willing to take the cure. Y'all out there today? Okay, so we're going to do that. Our world is at chaos. Somebody say amen. amen. We could spend the next, um, until, until noon o'clock, or actually until 5 o'clock tonight, actually until the next day, tomorrow, I could pass this microphone around and there would be no shortage of the description of chaos going on in our world. Ironically enough, I could pass the microphone around and let's, what is order, and we would, we would, you know, it would be a much shorter meeting. Chaos is easy to identify. Does that make sense? Now, one of the reasons chaos is so easy to identify is because we've just been so steeped in order that chaos shows itself easily. So it's really, it's really the testament of how powerful order is that chaos is easy to identify. Am I, am I, y'all, y'all follow me, okay? So, so when, when order is established, and I'm going to take it to the spiritual, I'm going to take it to the God, but just when basic order is established, the power of chaos is that, that the order is so right that something that makes it wrong makes it stand, stand out more than it would if everything was just, if, if, if everything was chaos all the time, chaos wouldn't be that fantastic. But the fact that there's order actually magnifies chaos. Does that make sense? And so chaos is in, we could spend, I'm, like I said, we could spend hours talking about it. We'll just talk about some things just briefly. But in my opinion, it seemed like that when Chester grew up, and maybe this is a, a, a boomer way to talk, okay? Maybe this is old man way to talk. Um, I'm not a millennial. Somebody say amen. amen. Okay. And so, um, so my, my point is, <laughs> no, I was born in 1981, right? 82 is when, thank you very much. Thank you very much. I'm, I snuck in. Amen. So, 
The point is, the point is, is that, um, the point is that this is not the world Chester grew up in, right? How many of y'all feel that way? This is not the world you grew up in. And when you say that, this is not the world I grew up in, you're saying, when I grew up, there was, a, there was some sense of order. There was some sense of common sense. Like some things were just what they were and like nobody questioned it. That makes sense? It's like, and we didn't even know you could question it. And now our world is in chaos and I literally all week, I ask myself, find one area of life that isn't experiencing chaos and I could think of nothing. Couldn't think of anything. The very fundamentals of life are now being questioned, and they're all being questioned. It seems like, and again, this is where if you want to, you don't have to believe in like demons and all this kind of stuff. I don't know why you wouldn't believe in all that kind of stuff. It's in the Bible, okay? But spirits, uh, spirits in high places, like, and it seemed like that that when something changed in 2020, that what used to take 30 years to move from order to chaos, things just started happening like that. I'm not talking about just the virus. I'm talking about everything in life. In other words, in other words it seemed like me growing up that homosexuality took my entire lifetime to gain the status of being normalized. That makes sense? And then finally, it kind of got to a place where it's kind of in mainstream society. It, it, but it took... My entire lifetime for it to get to the place where it was normalized and championed. And then it's like, then after that, 2020 happens, and then everything must become normalized immediately. Does that make sense? And, and, it, and it's, like, it's like, so chaos comes easier the more the order is fragmented. So if you erode the foundation of society, order, then, then chaos comes easier because there's not as much foundation to break apart. Now, hear what I'm saying. Am I making sense to you? Okay. And so, um, so now you read the news headlines and you think, I'm living on a different planet than the one I grew up in. Right? And again, this should be the easy part for everybody to amen because it's like, it's not hard to identify the chaos. But just... Basic things, basic fundamental institutions um, are just, they're, what, you wake up and you're in the twilight zone. A man, and I'm going to be kind of crude here for a second, to describe to you how much chaos has entered our world, and I'm not trying to be crude, it's just these are the things you never heard that you hear all of a sudden. A perfectly healthy 18-year-old man, okay, decided that he was a woman, right? And at 18-year-old, we live in a country where people will operate on you to fulfill your mental disorder. Are y'all, okay? So first, they take his man part, and try to surgically turn it into 
a woman part. Do I need to say the words out loud? Okay, I, I, don't, I prefer not to. My children are present, right? Okay, all right. So they take his man part in order to turn it into a woman part. They literally, like if you have a plug-in, I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to be funny. I'm just literally saying, like they take what the plug-in and turn it into the receptacle, okay? All right, and I'm not trying to be weird. I'm just trying to say, like this is what they're doing, okay? So, so that didn't work. That didn't work. So then the next idea is we'll take part of his colon. An exit point. Anyway, and they're gonna and they're gonna turn that into his woman part. And wouldn't you know, wouldn't you know, because it's a colon that eliminates waste, he gets infection and dies. At the age of 18. A perfectly healthy individual is now dead. This is not, this is sad. Is now dead when he would have lived to be 70, 80 years old. Whatever plan of God was on his life is now forfeited because a lie told him. Because basic order was destructed and chaos entered his heart. And now he's destroyed. Does that make sense? You understand what I'm saying? And he's dead. He would have lived to be... Who knows? That makes sense? And not, even, not, 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 not only in the sense of age, but in the sense of purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't God's purpose? Wasn't God's plan? God had a destiny. God had a, a plan for this man's life. And now he's dead because chaos entered his world. Um, again, I'm not trying to be weird. I'm just trying to um, I read an article yesterday. Like These are stuff you read every day now. Where instead of being transgender, now you're trans, what is it? Able. Able? In other words, if there's people in different countries, listen to me, that are going to doctors, and, and, and the doctors will cut off a limb, remove vertebrae, so they're confined to a wheelchair because they identify as a disabled person. Now, look at your face right now. You understand what I'm saying? Like, I can see your faces. You're going, what? Because somebody who's perfectly healthy, who can walk, says, I'm actually not a perfectly healthy person who can walk. I'm, 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 I'm forever disabled and will be in a wheelchair for the rest of my life. And so literally, they make it happen. And you're sitting there and you're going, that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense because... We have a sense of order, and that is pure chaos. Does that make sense? I could tell you stories like this for days and days and days and days and days and days and days. I can tell you, I can, I can, I can pull up news articles and just, and just I, remember, I remember about four or five years ago, I preached a sermon, and I pulled up a news article about a man who transitioned to a woman, had had a fake um, breast put on his body, and the man and man adopted a baby, uh, an infant baby, and then he was trying to nurse this baby. And literally you're making a kid suck for something that's not there. That's child abuse. You see what I'm saying? Like, and, we, and, we, and, and the reason we all go, yeah, 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 that, that, this is bad, because we understand that there's a sense of order and chaos has entered. Now, that's the easy stuff to point out, right? 
right? Let's talk about, let's talk about all, the, I can't think of a, an area of life where order isn't being uh, broken down. You can talk about the family, the family unit, the institution of the family. Chaos. Divorce is rampant, right? I mean, there's, 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 there's chaos where the enemy has targeted the institution, the order of the family unit, and put in chaos to it. Does that make sense? Bring up, bring up anything. Religion. Church. Church is chaos. Every day. You can read about ministries that fail or, or, or and, and I don't want to get too far into it. Like you can read about, why am I reading so much news about, about church leaders through all different kinds of denominations who are doing stuff to children? The safest place on the planet, the place where in our Bible, a mother has her firstborn child named Samuel and she gives him to the temple. Because that's the safest place where he'll grow up in God and is turned so violently that you would be a... You see what I'm saying? What I'm saying? Because order is, is being eroded and chaos has entered every aspect of our society. And so what we want, right? Especially those of us who've grown up in God for a long time. And what we want is we want the chaos to stop and we want order, don't we? Raise your hand if you want to order. <laughs> it's like, we want, I just want the world to go back to normal. How many of y'all have said that phrase in the last three years? I just want the world to go back to normal. Right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tread lightly here. Uh, it's just like, I want the world to go back to normal. I got sent to the principal's office. Because one time in class, there was this teacher, and I stood behind her, and I blew my nose, and then I took my tissue and kind of like wiped her shoulder as if I had blown on her, on, you know, on her shoulder. And she's like, go to the principal office, because I was a bad kid. Every teacher in this room would kill to have kids like this now. They'd rather send the kid to the principal's office because he was trying to be a clown in class rather than pick them off the floor when they're convulsing and stuff coming out their mouth at school. Like the, the bad is nothing anymore. Does that make sense? There's no area of life. I, uh, yesterday I said, <laughs> I'm not trying to embarrass you, Ethan, but you know, yeah. But, but it, life happens, Ethan. Life happens. Life isn't fair. But I, I brought up, you know, because I've been thinking about this, and I brought up the, I brought up the, I brought up the, the I said, because around my kids, I like to have conversations. And so I said something to, in, in the house about the trans, uh, what was the word? Transable thing. And Ethan goes, here you go again. <laughs> How many of y'all have kids like that? Here you go again. Talking about how the world's messed up and we need to do right, right? Essentially. And I'm like, yes! My parents didn't have to have the conversation with me about what is a man and what is a woman. I have to. If I don't, I'm a terrible parent. Okay? So 
I'm trying to think of an area of life where, where the world isn't jacked up. I don't find one. I don't know of one. Church isn't the same that it used to be, right? Post-COVID era? Like, is anything the way it was when you grew up? Nothing is. Okay, Boomer, what's your point? Okay, Boomer, what's your point? I want to, um, a few weeks ago, I've talked about Peter. I want to go back to Peter. This is all introduction to a sermon I'll probably preach next week, okay? Remember, remember um, Peter? He is called by Christ. Come and follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. He follows Jesus for three and a half years. Now, the interesting part of this story that is a whole other another another trail that we're going to go down one day, but not today. Is that when Jesus calls Peter, he calls him from a certain order, and Jesus is the producer of chaos in his life. In other words, there was an established order, and Jesus says, "No, no, no! I'm coming, and I'm going to. I'm just going. I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm going to change everything you thought you knew." So my point is, is we're not looking to 100% live. Let me, let me say it this way. Chaos to the extreme destroys a society. Order to the extreme, that looks like dictatorship. It's just, it destroys a society. Jesus comes on the scene and he goes after a certain order. So he himself is Chaos. That's another part. That's another part we'll get to. Okay, he, that's another part we'll get to later. But right now, Peter, he follows Jesus for three and a half years, and he believes that Jesus is here to establish an order in the world. And then all of a sudden, Peter's world starts falling apart. Jesus gets arrested. Peter cuts off a dude's ear. He is fighting to maintain a certain order that he had experienced for this season of his life. Are y'all with me? He cuts off an ear, and then everything just starts crumbling. He's watching this man in a trial. No, 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 that doesn't make any sense. This is not what was supposed to happen. Right? No, no, he taught us that, that his kingdom, he actually taught me to pray that the kingdom of God would come to earth. And now he's here and now he's getting tried by these men. And they're handcuffing and they're going to take, and they're flogging him, right? And so chaos enters Peter's world over the weekend. His, one of his close friends commits suicide. You with me? He watches Jesus crucified. He's sitting in a room in despair, has no idea what to do with his life, and then Jesus walks through the walls. That's not how order works. You don't walk through walls, children, right? You see what I'm saying? Like his whole world is turned upside down. And then, and then what? And then Jesus comes to Peter when Peter is doing all he can to go back and find order again. He went back fishing. Y'all with me? All Peter's trying to do is his world has been invaded by chaos. Y'all out there? 
And now he's trying to go do something that, that he, knew, he knows that makes sense again. He's trying to reestablish order. And then Jesus comes again and snatches him out of the order to go throw him into the chaos again. And from the beginning, Peter tells, Jesus tells Peter, I'm sending you back out into the chaos and it's going to kill you. Right? How I many I know your Bible? Tell me what I'm talking about. You're, you know, when you was young, you went everywhere. You went wherever you wanted to. But when you're old, they will take you and they will they will kill you. Right? And he's like, what? What? No, 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 no. How about John? Right? Right? And then and then and then Jesus says to him, uh, John's my business. Me and you, we got business. I'm sending you back out into the chaos. I posted. Uh, Something on Facebook that, that I've said before, I'm, I'm revisiting the idea. Everybody listen to me, because this is where the rubber meets the road. This is where it gets right at, at our home for us. We grew up in order, right? We grew up with a sense of order. We are like the children of Israel who grew up in Israel. Things just made sense. We followed God, we did his commandments, and there was just the way that it was established by God. That is a semblance of how we grew up, right? Now, at some point, Israel is in captivity in Babylon. That makes sense? Now, Israel is in Babylon, and all the order of Israel is no longer there. They're living like strangers in a foreign land. Are y'all with me? Israel has to come to the place where they realize that they're not living in Israel. They're living in Babylon. And they have to follow God in Babylon and then see God come do what he's going to do in their life in Babylon. Or they can live disenfranchised with the idea that they're not living in Israel. And they just kind of, there's a reason an entire generation had to die in the desert. It's because they couldn't move into a promised land. There's something, here's, here's my point. I got it. Here's my point I want to say to us all. Listen to me. I struggle with this, so I do not say this accusatory to anybody. I struggle with this. As long as we are disenfranchised with the world we live in now because it's full of chaos and all we want is order. As long as we live disenfranchised with the world we live in now and we're just heartbroken over the fact that there's not order, then we can never be used of God to bring his higher order into this world now. Because we're always grieving what was and we're not living in the one who was and the one who is and the one who is to come do you hear what I'm saying to you I'm with you I don't want to live in a world where people don't know what bathroom to use I get it I understand that I'm not arguing with that um I, I grew, my kids, I feel like they grew up in a good home. And, and, and one of these days, many years down the road, they'll have grandchildren. 
Just thought I'd throw that in there. We've got guests today. Anyway, and, and my point is, it's like, and my point is, like, if they'll have grandchildren, who wants, to, who wants to raise grandkids in the way the world is now? Well, what else are you going to do? Stop living? What else are you going to do? Just stop being the people of God and stop, stop, stop just doing the things of God? That makes sense? I'm going to read, uh, I want to read Isaiah 24. Start at verse 1. I gave you the wrong, I'm going to Isaiah 24. Behold, the Lord says the earth was waste. This is a, this is a Isaiah prophecy about coming judgment. Behold, the Lord lays the earth waste, devastates it, distorts its surface and scatters the inhabitants. If we're, I, I, some people say, well, we're in the middle of judgment or I think we're in where everything is, order is, is falling apart and judgment is coming at some time. Verse 20, verse 2, people will be like priests. Okay, in other words, before there was a, there was a great multitude of people with a few priests. Now, everybody has to be a priest. That makes sense? In other words, what he's going to do, from the, what, what the prophetic word is going to do here, it's going to sit there and say, now everything's backwards. That's what the prophetic word is going to say. Everything now is backwards. The servant is now like the master. The maid is now like the mistress. The buyer is now the seller. The lender is now the borrower. The creditor is now the debtor. You understand what I'm saying? Like what, what it's saying is, basically what it's saying is order is now chaos. Everything you knew is now backwards. And this is the sign of judgment that comes to the earth. Keep on going. Keep on going. Verse 3. The earth will be completely weighed waste, completely despoiled, uh, for the Lord has spoken this word. Verse 4. The earth mourns and withers, and the world fades and withers. The exalted of the people of the earth fade away. Heavy stuff. Verse 5. The earth is polluted by its inhabitants, for they transgressed. What's another word for laws? Because they've, they, they, they've eroded the order. Violated the order, the statutes. Broke the everlasting covenant, that, that's, that what we, the order. You understand what I'm saying? And you may read this and you go, that we're, 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 we're there, we're getting right there where everything is backwards and, and the statutes are about, like nothing is, nothing is normal anymore. Somebody say Amen. Uh, um, therefore, a curse devours the earth, and those who live in it are held guilty. Therefore, the inhabitants of the earth are burned, and few men are left. Don't go any farther. I'll read the rest of it next week. What's your point, Pastor Chester? That Isaiah is prophesying of a day like this coming. But in the middle of this text, we're going to get to a remnant. We're going to get to a people. And this is the difference. Look at me. We can either, I'm talking to church after I'm, I'm getting right down where we live right now. We can either decide to spend the rest of our future trying to establish the order that was 1980, 1990, 1970, back, 
we can, we can, we can, we can establish the order that was, or we can say, <laughs> everything is like we don't live there no more. Anytime I'm trying to say, like, this isn't the world I grew up in. And I feel like the sooner that we can get that through our hearts, the sooner we'll be useful to the world we do live in now. But as long as I'm disenfranchised with what was and no longer is, am I any use to what is now and what is to come? You understand what I'm saying? Let me just get it real simple. It is going to be very difficult for us as a church to win the present world with the gospel of Jesus Christ if we think they're the curse that's on the earth. If we think they're the reason everything's gone to pot. How do we look when the any problem that I've, I have any problem that I have stated today walks through the back door? Y'all there? Any, any of the issues, I've, I've said that, any of them walk through the back door. Look at me, don't you tune out on me now. But as long as we see that person and what they do and what they embody as the chaos that destroys our world, how can we ever bring order back into it? Y'all understand what I'm saying? There's two things here. People, people have this debate all the time. I talk to people about this all the time, and they have this debate. Then the debate is, is it worse now than it was then? That's a really crazy question. Some people will say no, you know. Some people will say yes. I don't know. I don't know. All I know is I live now. And all I know, and some of y'all are not going to like this, all I know is that Chester in his sin would have split hell just as wide open as whatever person in their sin would, would split hell wide open. Plug in any title, any phobe, any whatever, plug in anything. Me and my sin was just as rotten in the nostrils of God as any person who is now being used of hell to disrupt, bring chaos, and destroy the order. How can we bring order to our city? How can we bring order to our city as long as we hate those who have chaos on their life? It's one thing to hate the chaos. It's another thing to hate the entity that brings the chaos in, the person. Fight the spirit. Pray against the spirit. But if it walks through the back door. Well, we identify it as the problem or we, or we say that that's a person that God died for just like he died for me. So my point when I say we're not children of Israel living in Israel, we're children of Israel living in Babylon, is the sooner that we can realize that this world is what it is and it's our, we were born for such a time as this. There's a reason you live right now. There's a reason you live right now. There's a reason you do what God. (laughs) 
Peter wanted to go back fishing so he could avoid the chaos. And Jesus came and said, now I'm throwing you right back into the chaos. Because you were never meant to fish fish. You were always meant to fish man. And every person in this room, I need you to hear me. Your goal is not to get out of the chaos. Your goal is to bring heaven to earth. Your goal is to bring order to the chaos. Do you hear what I'm telling you? If you hate the chaos, I'm not talking about I hate the chaos. Missy shared me a scripture earlier. This is an analogy. I want to, if I take Chad, right? Stand up, Chad. You're going to be my example. You know, me and Chad will go hunting, right? We like to go hunting together. It's, 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 it's what we like to do. Chad, if I take him into the woods at night, you know, um, or if I don't come get him when the sun goes down, does that make sense? Uh, if he didn't hear the four-wheeler crank up on the other side of the lease and start heading his way and it starts getting dark, or we're tracking a deer and we start getting farther and farther apart and we get separated, and it's not the moon's not out, the stars not out, it's cloudy, you can't see the hand in, over your face, his headlamp has died and his phone has died because he wasn't watching for deer, he's playing a game on his phone, right? <laughs> And so now he's in the middle of the woods and there is no light. It is completely dark. And all he hears is sounds that he's not used to hearing. He can't see anything. He can't recognize where he's at. Everything is chaos. He's tripped over a log. He's hurt his knee. Right? These are all things that happened in reality. I'm joking. They didn't either. But my point is, like, he's out there. He's lost in the middle of the woods, and he is in, in, in his world is chaos. He can't see the hand in front of his face. He has no sense of direction, no idea which way to go. He doesn't know what to do. The best thing he can do, I mean, he will start entertaining ideas of craziness to try to just make sense of any of the chaos. Maybe I should climb this tree. No, don't climb a tree. Your, your leg is, is hurt and you'll fall a tree and you'll hurt yourself. But he'll, inter- he'll entertain any, any idea that will bring some order to the chaos. You hear what I'm saying? As a lost person in complete darkness and their world is utterly chaos, they're living in chaos on a level we don't even understand. And they'll do crazy stuff to try to bring any order to the chaos they live in. Stuff that we wouldn't, even, we don't even think of because we live in order, but they live in chaos. Yeah, now imagine from across the woods, he sees my headlamp. He got it. He got one little glimpse of a flash of light as it passed through the trees. And in, in, in that instance, when his heart was so full of fear and worry and doubt, and so full of like, oh my goodness, which way do I go? I don't know what to do with myself. And all of a sudden, he sees one little glimpse of light. And there's a total change from despair to an ounce of hope that begins to go them inside of him. And now, at least I have a way to go. And I say to you, there's a world in darkness and they are nuts because their life is full of chaos and everything is falling apart. They're trying anything to find some order and you have been called light. And our light's supposed to bring hope. So 
So, thank you, Chad. So why is the church not full of hope? And why is it full of you? Why is it full of finger pointing? Like, you're the problem with our America. You're what's wrong with this world. You're the reason our city's in its... The church supposed to be the light. So let your light shine before men. Don't put it under... But let it shine on a hilltop. Let everyone see it. Because everybody out there is in darkness and they're just looking for, they're just looking for somebody to show them which way to go. But as long, and I feel like the church is withholding its light because it wants to prove a point to the darkness. It's how bad you are. See, we don't say things like you deserve to go to hell. We just tell them what's wrong with our world. And I get it. I really do. I fight it. I fight it in my heart. I don't like this world that chaos is producing. But even yet while I was a sinner, even yet when I was fully chaotic, fully in darkness, He loved me enough to come and die for me. And the mission of the church, I'm not talking about an evangelistic program. The mission of the people who sit in this room and every one of you has a calling of God on your life is to be part of the light that gives hope to a dying world. Wherever you are, whatever whatever occupation you have, you were put there as light in the darkness. Your words, the conduct of our life, the attitudes of our heart, meaning to show forth Christ in a chaotic and dark world. I like order. And I hate chaos, I really do. But I better understand. Jesus gets on the scene and he says, You have heard it said. Right? You have heard it said. In other words, there was there was an established order, but now I say to you. And people say, Well, that it did away with that order. No, it just took that order and took it to a higher level. And I feel like that's, we're at this point in history, we're at this point as a church, the church as a whole, where we can't be disenfranchised with the chaos. And we can't just try to go back to the order we knew. Peter fishing. Can't just try to go back to the order we knew to just do what we've always done. That we have to be, because we're not, we don't live where we've always lived. We're not Israel and Israel. We're Israel in Babylon. Again, do I need to convince you that you live in Babylon? How many understand that we do live in Babylon now, right? This is not the world you grew up in. And listen to me. Listen to me. You can say, well, we need, we need something to happen so we can go back there. And if we spend all our time trying to go back there, then it directly, look at me, look at me everybody look at me. It directly contradicts what Jesus did in Peter and the rest of the disciples. 
I'm not sending you back to your former life. Now go into the world and make disciples of the new order that has come. If we're always trying to go back, if we're always trying to point fingers, if we're always trying to go, it directly affects our ability to go. And that's what we're as a church, that's what we're called to do. Into our cities, into our neighborhoods, into our homes, into our workplaces, we're called to go. Not go back. Go forward. Y'all with me? It got, it's getting quiet in here. Probably means I should be done. Probably means the China food is ready. My, my phone just started a workout because I've been preaching so hard. My watch did. <laughs> Missy's waving her phone at me, which means she wants to say something. Now, she can disrupt order. <laughs> Come here, dear. Have I made sense at all today? Okay, next week we'll get more into the scripture and I'll talk about this because order has a certain look to it. Um, if the new, if the order that we're here to establish isn't producing hope and joy and peace, like order has a certain look to it. So how do we establish the, what's in heaven on the earth? And does, is what we're building in this, time, in this time of being rebirthed and relaunched, is what we're about to launch ourselves into building, does it look like heaven on earth, or does it look like us doing our thing and trying to reestablish order from the past? So there's a certain way we want to be seen, like light in the darkness, like hope for those in despair, like joy for those who have a death sentence on their life. Do those things describe your life? They were going to. Amen. All right. Missy, speak nicely. Okay. So, um, Melanie, will you come up here for just a second? Everybody give Melanie a hand. Okay. So, if you don't know, um, Melanie and I, with Miss Patty, are on the prophetic team. And when God does things, sometimes, like, if you haven't noticed, like we match color-wise perfectly today. Um, didn't talk to each other, didn't plan it, didn't like, she has reasons for what she's wearing. And this morning, this is what God told me to wear. He didn't tell me why. I was just like, okay. Um, and I get here this morning and I'm like, oh, okay. So if you are in the room and you are wearing um, green or yellow, will you please stand up? God is, I feel like, confirming Chester's word today. And everyone wearing these colors, you're helping to confirm what God is saying this morning. You can sit back down. And I'm going to read what this color means, and I think it'll make a little more sense. Olive green, which includes the color yellow, because if you take an olive and make the oil, what color is it going to be? It's going to be a yellowish gold color. Olives are dark green and often the oil can be green, greenish to amber. This oil is used to make the holy oil recipe that fills the cups on the top of the golden lampstand. What is the lampstand? It is a light, right? 
Chester talked about that. When we yield to taking up our cross during the times of pressure and trials and tribulations, we are allowing God to make oil to fill our lamps like the wise virgins. If you are in this church and if you have been part of this family for any amount of time, you have gone through trials, you have gone through pressures, and because of that, God has created an oil in you. Correct? Okay. Um, we yield our fruit to the pressure and watch our high priest, the Lord Jesus Christ, make fuel for our faith, which again is funny because I didn't read the colors this morning, but I'm wearing a bracelet that says faith. God does everything for a reason, even whenever he tells you what to wear. Um, when the time comes to have this oil, it will be dark and the time will be too short to buy it. We must allow him to make this dark green fuel from the dark times in our lives. Evergreen trees are also dark green. They have the grace to stay green all through the wintertime. These leaves are the healing of the nation. I just, I don't know. God's really cool. I think this is pretty awesome. Olive green also represents warfare. Much intercession goes into the making of this much-needed oil, and it is a battlefield. We are called to battle the darkness. We are called to have God's grace and the oil of His anointing in our lives so that we can shine His light to a dark world. Because the dark needs the light. The darkness cannot overcome the light. Any of this sounding familiar? It's all in the Bible. I don't know where. But I just, we have to stand up and be the light. We have to let the things that have happened in our life create that oil that is needed today. Like there is, obviously Chester was talking about chaos. There is so much chaos in our town right now. And what Melanie and I, one of the things we were talking about is, I am tired of letting the darkness control the atmosphere of this town. I am tired of our kids being targeted in the schools, in the streets, wherever. Like, I am tired of it. And it is our job as mothers and fathers to stand up and tell the darkness to go back where it came from and to be the light. And so I just want to encourage you to let God use you to be the light in this town. Stop lending your voice to the destruction. Stop agreeing with all the chaos going on and start standing up and speaking the word that God is going to come down and he is going to bring healing to this city. So I want to, before you leave, I just want to, I just want to, I just want to make one clarifying note because I know the devil likes to twist things. I'm not talking about, I'll make it very clear, I'm not talking about there should be an order, but let's ignore the order to love the chaos. That's not what I'm talking about. In other words, I'm not saying, well, you know, let's just compromise on our standards to in order to reach the darkness. That has never worked. It doesn't work because it's not truth. Does that make sense? But what I am saying is that when Jesus comes on the scene... He brings a truth from another dimension. He brings order from another dimension, and that's our job. Perfect example. Perfect example, right? The woman caught in the act of adultery, right? A certain order had a law, and, it, and then the law would be acted out. This, it, would, it would produce, in that lady, chaos, death, right? 
And Jesus comes on the scene, and he, he has order from another dimension to put into that situation of chaos, and everybody walks away in a, in a new order. She walks away, and then these men with these rocks, they drop their rocks and walk away, understanding they're not qualified to throw those rocks. Does that make sense? So I'm, talking about, I'm not talking about backing off of order. I'm talking about bringing God's order into it. Does that make sense? So I'm not talking about lessening the standard. Don't you walk out of here and say, well, Chester, you know, he, 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 I, want, I do want every person in every top to come to this church. Whenever, no matter what the pronouns are, I want them to come to that back door so that a new order may come into their life. That makes sense? That makes sense? So I'm not talking about, though, us saying in order that they would come to the door, let's lower our standard. That's not at all what I'm saying. But I am saying let's, off, let's have something to offer that they want. Hope, 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 hope. Hope, 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 hope. I want to walk out of somebody's presence. And after talking about God, I want them to go, I want what's on their life. They may not understand a thing I'm saying, but I want them to go, whatever they're experiencing, I want that. I don't want them to walk out of presence and go, well, if that's what God looks like, I don't want it. Stand up on your feet. I'm done. Amen. Hey, I love you. Do not ruin the surprise. Y'all understand? For the, for the one person. Okay? Don't ruin the surprise. Okay? Everybody good? Father God, we love you. Let's pray for a second. We, we are anticipating on this very Sunday when despair and chaos is the buzz on the street, we are, we are standing here saying, God, we pray for it, but we also eagerly anticipate the hope of the light of Christ to fill our city. In Jesus' name, make us into that hope. Make us into that light. God, give us the revelation of this entire message. As, you, as we go from here and we meditate on this thing, give us the revelation of this entire message in our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, I love you. I'll see you Wednesday night next Sunday. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.